And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go. A little rock and roll for Wednesday. Good to have everybody here. I see Cam, Keeley, Robert. Got here at the beginning. Look at that. Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here. And uh, wearing my Drunk 3PO shirt. Shout out to Drunk 3PO. I hope he and everybody in Florida is uh, staying safe. I know. Oh. Yeah, Mrs. Boss has hers on too. Hope everybody in Florida stays safe. I know, uh, I know Jay is up north, so he's not actually in the path of the hurricane, but... Uh, if you are still sheltering in place, we do hope that you stay safe. Keep your heads down. Keep your generators gassed up. And uh, we'll get through all of this. Um, hopefully with uh, relatively unscathed. So anyway. This show is also available as a podcast. I want to give a shout out to those who are listening on various different podcast platforms. Poland, Sweden, Germany, the UK, Australia, Spain, Russia. Good old Russia. We are broadcasting live to Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. And hopefully it will stay relatively stable. Our, our broadcast for the last couple of shows, uh, last night during Ranker Pit, and a couple of times I've had red lights. I don't know. It's my, it, I, may, I, may, I may include a new segment in the show. A Rage Against the Machine segment, possibly, because I have plenty of reasons to rage against the machine. And and the machine could change depending on the day and the circumstances. Sometimes it could be this machine here, this tower, this computer. Uh, the machine could be the internet. The, the machine could be the Hollywood industry. The machine could be social media. I... It, it it could be a broad sweeping segment i guess well i could it could get out of control i guess maybe a little bit but anyway it is one of those one of those things hopefully hopefully the signal remains stable and we'll get through this okay it looks like the audio is working over on odyssey which is nice we don't have to reset the stream over there getting there Getting there. All right, so just to give you some uh, programming notes, I am going to be out on various different day job work sites for a number of days through the coming week, uh, the rest of the week. So no, uh, no Good Morning Multiverse Saturday morning. We will be taking the day off because I don't have time to do any prep because tomorrow all day I'll be out. 
Saturday, Sunday, Monday I'll be out. Monday will be a pre-recorded show here. So just to give you a heads up. Uh, and then coming up on Friday, let me show you a, a little bit of our lineup. Coming up on Friday, Roy Okupe will be our guest talking about his uh, unique studios out in Nigeria. And then on Monday, we launch The Road to 500. Now, I said it's going to be a pre-recorded show, and it is. And we're going to start, uh, we're going to start putting that together in the break room uh, where you can see we've got our box ready. Little tease of what we've got coming for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but uh, we got a little box here. So, uh, anyway, all right, so that's coming up. And then uh, Monday, since I'm going to be out, it's normally the it's first Monday of the month. Normally, we would be doing our money talk, but we're going to shift that to Wednesday and have our money edition next Wednesday instead of Monday. Monday will be pre-recorded, but you will still will still be here for the chat to go. So anyway, all right. So that's all that. Now let's uh, since we're not doing a Good Morning Multiverse Saturday, we're not going to be doing our updates. We may go ahead and do the put the weather out, but we do have this note from New York Comic Con. Apparently. They had an overfill, an overflow. They got hit with uh, a lot of people on the reservation page at the same time, and it uh, it 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 overpowered the system. So they put this statement out. They said, "Today we had tens of thousands of fans hit our reservation page simultaneously. We were under the impression the servers could handle the volume." But errors resulted in extremely long wait times, and for that we apologize. Each time Thuzi saw an issue, the entire process was paused to ensure no one lost their place in line within the system. The fans who were led into the reservation site were the first folks in line and were able to get through the process, and we continued to pause and unpause the system as server issues continued. We recognize this isn't up to our standards and know that this took valuable time out of your days. We appreciate your patience. Reservations will reopen this week. Once all server errors have been fixed, we'll post on social and our website. When we have the new date, they'll go live. So they're aware of the problem. See, this is this is how you deal with it. We had a problem. This is what happened. We're sorry. We're fixing it. But I like the fact that right here in the middle of all of this, they said nobody lost their place in line. So nobody got kicked. Nobody lost their opportunity to get their reservations in for, for New York Comic Con. This this is good this is good way of handling a situation that could get really overblown and out of control. Because people could sit there and go, Oh, yeah, no, you're a Comic Con. And, and they're in front of this, they're saying, We're aware of the problem. This is what we're doing. It's gonna get fixed. We're sorry. So just want to give everybody an update there. If you're planning to go to New York Comic Con or if you've got uh, if you've got friends who are going to be going to New York Comic Con, that's the situation there. And hopefully they'll get that resolved fairly quickly. So uh, just so everybody is aware, we do keep track of this kind of stuff. This is this is why we're here. So anyway, all right. Want to recognize an anniversary today. 35 years ago today, 1987, 
the debut of Star Trek The Next Generation. Can you believe it's been 35 years? Encountering Farpoint, September 28, 1987, on syndicated channels. And a lot of people weren't sure it was going to survive the first season. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what social media would have done to the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation? I mean, skewered. Because the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation was not that good. And when Tasha Yar got killed off, oh my. You th- can you imagine Twitter blowing up as, as soon as Armas killed Tasha Yar? But yeah, 35 years. Speaking of Twitter, the latest drama, Christopher Boozy over at Bot Sentinel is taking credit for getting Nick Ricada's channel taken down. He's been suspended on Twitter. And the official reason is that, well, Nick Ricada was trying to avoid a ban. Okay. But Boozy's taking credit for it, and it looks like Chad Loader actually might have been the one that had it done. But in any case, Boozy is sitting there going, you know, I got friends at Twitter, and everybody saw this, and they came to my help, and, and is he taking credit? Is he, is he admitting that Bot Sentinel and Twitter have some kind of an understanding? Now, he's denying any kind of a relationship as far as anything official, but, as he says, he's got a number of people who work at Twitter who follow his cha- his account. So, maybe not an official relationship, but maybe an understanding, under-the-table type of thing, because <sighs> Twitter will Twitter, and people are going to people and this is one of the reasons why I like staying in the studio here in the basement underground away from people because the last couple of years especially but over the last six or seven years people have uh, have most decidedly lost the plot so anyway but it's just more more reason for Twitter to burn I mean I there are days I sit there and think I'm just going to shut the shut the Twitter account down and just use use the other ones or maybe not use any of them at all. But uh, that would not be fair to you because this is how we communicate to you and how we get information to you on schedule changes and whatnot. But I really do wish there was a better way. I really do. We, you know, if we shut down all of our if we shut down all of our social media accounts, maybe we could tell everybody to go to our .com and we could put updates there. I don't know. Sci-fi for me .com. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I know Odin did it. I've been really thinking about it. So, anyway. Especially given the fact that most of our later followers... Uh, hey, Mazers, yeah, the, right now... It looks like the signal is stable. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx us, but it looks like everything's. I I did some research last night on some bitrate settings, and hopefully, 
fingers and toes crossed. Hopefully, we've got it figured out, at least for now. But, uh, yeah, there's a... What's going on here? Let's reload that. One of the things that I've noticed about Twitter is uh, lately our new followers, we get one every now and again that looks a little suspicious. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's nice to have the follower account go up, but I don't know that these I don't know that these new followers are real because it's generally well, it's always a female. It's always a photograph in the in the profile picture, a, a, a younger, attractive female. And there's only maybe four or five posts of photographs of what looks like this same person in the in the account. I mean, each account has a different person, but they all look suspicious and I'm thinking to myself well these are probably not real people these are probably not real accounts maybe maybe Christopher Boozy is spamming us I doubt it but this is this is the kind of stuff and yeah Mazers, I think I think that's exactly what it is I think it's a, I think it's porn bots because some of them actually will you know have the little you know not for 18 up in the up in the in the bio, but there's no link to anything, which really kind of is odd. Because if it were a bot, I don't know, maybe maybe it's waiting for us to follow back and then it sends a message to say, hey, thanks for following us. Check out our stuff. Right? Maybe that's what it is. But it's another reason why Twitter should burn. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Because while we're all while we're all on social media worried about the I mean, now don't get me wrong, social media can be useful. I mean, you look at the stuff that's going on with the hurricane and people are getting messages out and there's and there's, you know, warnings and and tips and survival tricks and all these different things to be aware of and all this it's good for communication on that front. But it's also, it's also a way to distract us. Because while we're all talking about the hurricane, you've got the, uh, the Nordstrom gas lines apparently sabotaged. And now a lot of people are questioning whether or not we did it, like the United States. Because they go back to a speech that President Asterix made here not too long ago where he says, well, if they keep going through, we're going to make sure that goes, comes to an end. Did he just threaten Russia? And did we just act on that threat? Now remember, this is the same President Asterisk who was at the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health and started looking around for Jackie. Representative Jackie Walorski, who was the co-chair of the House Hunger Caucus, this is one of her causes, but she's dead. Has been dead since August. And he's at this conference looking for her. Hey, Jackie, where are you? Leader of the free world, ladies and gentlemen. 
There's a reason why I call him President Asterisk. And, and we sit and we argue about Andor and the Little Mermaid casting and whether or not Kiki Palmer should play Rogue and whether or not Hugh Jackman should come back as Wolverine because that got announced. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman taking to social media to post the uh, to post the news. Hugh Jackman's going to be back in Deadpool three to play Wolverine again. And then we have this new cover for Defenders Beyond with, I guess it's Jean Grey. I don't remember Jean Grey having purple hair, but par for the course. I mean, does this cover, those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you can't see it, but does this cover make you want to buy this book? I'm just asking. Mazers mentions Elon. I think Elon had a deposition. Did he do an, was he doing a deposition yesterday, I think, in that whole thing? Uh, Cam, you're right. That could be Rachel. I, I hadn't thought about that. That could be, that could be Rachel Summers. But either way, I mean, I don't, I don't recall any of them having purple hair. But that's just me. I don't know. But here we are on the brink of World War III, and this is the kind of stuff that we're arguing about here in the United States. You talk about bread and circuses. I seem to recall from my study of history, and, and I did not concentrate on this particular era, so I could have this wrong, but it seems to me that the Roman Empire kind of went this way too. Did it not? Right before it collapsed and Rome burned? I don't know. Just me. I've said before, we're at the intersection of 1984, Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451, Brave New World. Some people have put in, in there Brazil, um, a couple of other idiocracy. There are days, there are days when I'm feeling particularly blackpilled because of everything that's going on. But there are moments, there are, there are moments, little tiny slivers of light that have me wondering if maybe we're about to turn a corner. We've got Elizabeth Banks out there now saying... Well, I wish, I wish we had promoted Charlie's Angels as an action picture because it wasn't this feminist manifesto thing like it was presented. Um, you said, Elizabeth, if nobody came to see your movie, that it would it reinforce the stereotype that action pictures were for men. You made it about gender. And the marketing made it about gender. And then afterwards, nobody showed up. Why didn't anybody show up to my movie? Well, you told us it wasn't for us. But maybe Elizabeth Banks is recognizing that was a mistake. 
And maybe she's acknowledging that she shouldn't ought to have done that. And maybe the industry takes notice and says, you know what? She might have a point. Maybe we shouldn't be doing it that way. Because we did it that way for She-Hulk and Captain Marvel and Birds of Prey and Batgirl and Batwoman. And you see here, She-Hulk, Rotten Tomatoes score 36% for the audience. Nobody likes it. Except the critics. The critics are always going to like it because the critics get paid to like it. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Season 1, sitting at 38%. Meanwhile, House of the Dragon, Season 1, is sitting at 84% for the audience score. Hmm. I wonder... I wonder what makes the difference... Could it be the fact that they didn't market this using gender and race as their trump cards? Yes, I said trump cards. And or, sitting at 82% after three episodes, audience score, which is not bad. Especially given the fact that it's a Star Wars series and we know how everybody feels about Star Wars. Now, how long this is going to last? I don't know. I haven't seen episode four yet. Episode four could take us completely off the rails. Who knows? I might watch it today or tomorrow. Whenever, when does it, when's the next one out? Is it, episode four is out now, right? Is it Wednesday? I think so. So we may watch it today. I don't know. We'll see. But... So far, and we talked about this last night on Ranker Pit, so far, it has not turned into an ugly disaster. An identitarian disaster. Now, it still might. There's plenty of time. We've got several episodes left. It could go off the rails. I'm cautiously optimistic. It's so far not bad. It's not great. It doesn't blow me away. It doesn't sit there and go, this is fantastic. I'm not selling it to everybody else and trying to tell everybody that they need to watch it because it's not that good. It's slow. It's a very slow burn. And like I was talking about it last night, I don't see the, I don't see the necessity for the flashbacks. It probably will build up to something, I'm sure. There's a reason for it to be there. But right now, so far, after three episodes, they're completely unnecessary. Because there's pieces of dialogue in the present day that give us the same information as what we're getting from the flashback scenes, essentially. And even, even then, it's probably more so because we're actually getting dialogue that explains some stuff rather than watching this Lord of the Flies stuff play out where people are speaking a language and there's no subtitles and we have no idea what's going on. It's all just, we have to guess. That's not the best way to do it. But, it, okay, I'll, I'll stick with it for another episode and see what happens. But She-Hulk, oh. 
She-Hulk is not impressive at all. And you get this reaction from a lot of people who are sitting there going, you know what, I was kind of thinking that, you know, Marvel Phase 4 is kind of weak. And because Phase 4 is kind of weak, I'm not that excited about Phase 5 and Phase 6. Especially since now we've got the news coming out that Marvel uh, Blade just lost its director two months before production is supposed to start. Basam Tariq was supposed to direct this picture and he's not going to now. They were getting ready to start shooting. This movie is currently in pre-production. Uh, Hollywood Reporter. Marvel Studios' Blade will no longer have director Basam Tariq at the helm. Blade, which has a release date of November 3rd, 2023, just over a year from now, was gearing up to begin shooting in November in Atlanta. It's unclear how Tariq's departure will impact the production start of the vampire action thriller... Action thriller... <clears throat> which has Oscar winner Mahershala Ali in the title role, with the cast also including Delroy Lindo and old actor Aaron Pierre. Due to continued shifts in our production schedule, Bassam is no longer moving forward as director of Blade, but will remain an executive producer on the film, Marvel said in a statement to Hollywood Reporter. We appreciate Bassam's talent and all the work he's done getting Blade to where it is. Now, here's the question that I've got. How long have we known that this movie was going to start shooting in November. Because if I know that a movie's going to start shooting in November, I'm blocking out the time to shoot in November. This is a convenient excuse, reason, and it could very well be perfectly valid. I don't know. I don't have any insiders giving me any information. By the way, if you're an insider, you want to give us information, you can. I don't have any reason to believe that, you know, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that Marvel is lying. It could very well be there's a schedule conflict. He's staying on the project as an EP. Okay, fine. But you're two months out from shooting. This is not the best time to figure out, oh, this doesn't work on my calendar now. You would think that two months ago, or six months ago, this would all be figured out. And I get it, things keep shifting and changing, and this happens and that happens, and we can't do this, and we gotta do this, and, you know, pandemic and, and house arrest and all of that stuff had an impact, sure. And most of the... Most of the other productions have been impacted as well, which means everything gets shifted back and forth. See, this is one of the problems that you have with an integrated everything is all connected. Because Feige sits there and, and says, well, this story plays out like this, but now we have to move pieces around on the board, so now the chronology shifts so certain movies happen before other movies instead of after certain movies. So now we got to change the story. When they become so interdependent on each other, one little piece comes out and it messes up the whole thing. 
DC's running into that problem now with Flash and Aquaman 2 and all of this. By the way, Black Adam testing lower in audience scores than Batgirl. Are they going to cancel Black Adam? Probably not, which means there's going to be a firestorm. Well, you canceled Batgirl, but you didn't cancel Black Adam. They've also spent a whole lot of more money on Black Adam than they did on Batgirl. This is why we can't have nice things. Because it all burns to the ground. Because people make these decisions and whatever. Okay, fine. Another one we're not getting. Kelvin Trek 4 has officially, surprise, surprise, has officially been removed from the production calendar by Paramount. So no longer the 20, December 2023 for Kelvin Trek 4, which was announced during their investor call to the surprise of the cast when it was announced in the investor call that Kelvin Trek Forward was moving forward and we had all of the cast attached and the cast went, huh? Really? First, we're hearing about it. I mean, sure, let's do it, but nobody's asked us. And I guess now that we've lost the fourth director on this project with Matt Shankman going over to the Fantastic Four movie. Too bad, so sad. You're not going to get Kelvin Trek 4 anytime soon, which is probably a good thing. But here's the other question. Does that mean possibly... Maybe with all of these cancellations that J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot has fallen out of favor. Because he had this huge big heap of deal for development of various different projects, right? Warner Brothers Discovery especially had, had several projects that were in the works. Demi Monda. Uh, I think he was working on a Dark Justice League. He's got that Superman picture that he was working on all of those are gone and now here's kelvin trek 4 which is another bad robot jj abrams project could could maybe jj abrams be on the way out it's too much to hope for i mean he'll still be making movie we have the cloverfield movie that's been announced so he's got stuff that he's going to be working on but man, I would love for him to get his hands out of the cookie jars for both Star Trek and Star Wars. Just completely. Now, I don't, I don't know that he's involved in anything Star Wars right now. I think the sequels were it and that's done and he's finished. One can hope. Now we just got to get Alex Kurtzman and... Secret hideout out of the mix. Get Bad Robot completely done, finished, gone. And then maybe we can start getting some good movies again. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But but just just to let you know that I'm not 
completely, totally blackpilled. I do have one other item to share with you that's a little bit of a little bit of a ray of hope, a little bit of a fun, good story, and we'll do that right after this. Stand by. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here, inviting you to join us every Saturday morning for news. The week's headlines in science fiction, fantasy, horror, comic books, video games, plus Comic-Con updates and the weather, and the occasional interview along the way. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. We hope you join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here with a uh, shot there. For those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you really do kind of miss out a little bit. Live video there from the break room where we have set up the box. And I was talking about J.J. Abrams and, and Bad Robot. This is not, to be clear, this is not a mystery box. I will explain it all on Monday. Welcome back, everybody. We are live from the bunker, and I I, I want to do this uh, this one this one thing here because uh, you know I've I've the last the last couple of weeks uh, I feel like maybe I have come across as a little bit of a negative Nancy, a little bit more than maybe I should have, but um, let's do this. Let's go out. Let's go out on a good note. Let's go out on something positive for today, shall we? Um, this is a, t- a a series of tweets. This is a thread over on Twitter. Melissa Caruso uh, posting this. She is the author of the Tethered Mage in over on Orbit Books, the Quicksilver Court, which is out now. Uh, so uh, she's a she's an a genre author, and she's posting over here that her 19-year-old daughter found a bookstore. And this bookstore is this, she says here, she found the labyrinthine magical bookstore that you thought only existed in stories. This place is wild and clearly shock full of forbidden tomes that open portals to other worlds. So she posts this thread with a number of different photographs from this bookstore, and... It is, this is, this is impressive. This is very, very, very impressive. Because you look through all of these photographs of these various different, uh, now the, the outside of the store looks very innocuous. Very small, you know, un, unassuming, just there. But you go in and there's these mazes of books and bookshelves and bookshelves and cabinets, and bookshelves, and there's even a vault. So maybe at some point, and this must have been a bank, but there's a vault 
door. And in this vault door, there's a little sign that says you get six more rooms. So they're traveling through this thing and it just continues and goes on and on and on with these with these bookshelves and these paths and little rooms and nooks and crannies. And this is I could I could spend hours in a bookstore like this. 19th century books, books in this room's that are over 100, 150 years old. And they're just sitting on the shelves. Uh, she found a 200-year-old set for the Canterbury Tales in this place. I mean, really, can you imagine? I found... Um, when was this? Uh, a, a, few, a, few, um, a few months ago. Uh, and, and I talked about it here. I managed to get a hold of four first edition Tarzan books from Edgar Rice Burroughs. First editions. As far as I can tell, they're first editions. I, I could be wrong. But this is the kind of place where you would find those things. And I would love to go to this place. These little tiny bookstores everywhere around the world. Now, this particular one is in Sarasota Springs, New York. It is a place called the Lyrical Ballad Bookstore. And what's fun is not only do we get this bookstore, where she's talking about all this bookstore, but the people in the replies start to talk about other bookstores around the world Bookstores that are like this. You walk in, you don't expect it from the outside. You know, it's just a little, it's just a little store. And you walk in and they're bigger on the inside type of things where you walk in and there's books for miles. And I'm looking now at all of these people talking about all of these different bookstores and I'm thinking to myself, this, this is a road trip in the making. And then I thought... This could be a new show. <laughs> because what we could do is, and this could involve all of you, depending on where you are and where your store is, if you've got a little bookstore that's close by like this, I mean, there are, here's one, Baldwin's Book Barn in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, here's Westside Bookshop in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, here's another store in Three Rivers. Here's uh, Leakey's in Iverness, Scotland. It's in an old church. Can you imagine the stories? Not just going in and looking at the books, but the stories of the places themselves. How they came to be. How long have you been in business, how the I, I'd love to go to Uncle Hugo's because Uncle Hugo's is back open uh, up in uh, Minneapolis, burned to the ground during the most mostly peaceful but fiery protests here the last couple of years, and now Uncle Hugo's and Uncle Edgar's, they're in a new location, and they're back open for business. I want to go to Uncle Hugo's, but these places, you know. Bookstores and old churches. What are the stories? What's the history? There's, there's, 
there's gobs of stuff that you could just soak in with these with these places. Uh, old Number Six Book Depot in Henniker, New Hampshire. It's in an old barn. Uh, here's another one. Um, Moe's Books in Berkeley, California. Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Uh, the Book Loft in Columbus, Ohio. Roberts in Lo Lincoln City, Oregon. Uh, we've got one here in Kansas City called Prospero's Books, which is similar to this kind of thing. Multiple levels, books are everywhere. Not just in shelves, but in stacks, on tables, piled around the columns. I mean, this, this is the kind of place where you want to go. Because you never know what you're going to find. The Book Barn in Niantic, Connecticut. And of course, you know, Trinity College, which has got the long room. Now, this technically is not a bookstore type. This is not the same kind of thing what we're talking about. But, you know, Daedalus in Charlottesville, Virginia. And some of these, some people are now, <laughs> there's, a, there's now a Google map. Somebody's put together a Google map of all of these places where people are mentioning this stuff. There's one in Australia. There's some over here in, uh, in, in, uh, in Europe. A bunch of stuff here in North America. Bart's Books in Ojai, California. Harding's Books in Wells, Maine. I, and I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, this is a great list. This is a road trip list, right? And then I thought, okay, what if we did a show? What if we did a show where somebody, like a little travel log, a travel channel type of show, where we go and visit these bookstores and get the stories of these bookstores and the histories of these bookstores and go in and take a look at all of these books on the shelves and look at how cool this is. And I thought we could call it Bigger on the Inside, which has kind of a Doctor Who vibe, so I don't know that it would actually work. But the other, the other, the other title that we could call it, the other thing we could call it, Shelf Life. I mean, why not? Or something else. If somebody's got an idea for a title for the show, I have not committed to doing this show. Let me be clear. Because the logistics of it would be rather interesting. <clears throat> having worked on, see, having worked on reality shows, though... I understand the logistics of local crew versus crew coming in from... You know what? I just had an idea. I have... I have contacts. See, a lot of times I make the joke about not having sources because we don't have anybody in the inside giving us inside information. We don't have scoops or that kind of thing. But this particular idea, I actually have some people that I could contact and pitch this to. I can't be the first one who's looked at this. I can't be the first one who's come up with this idea. It has to have been out there already. Has there been a bookshop travel log show? Is anybody aware? But wouldn't that be fun? And you could you could not only do bookstores, but you could do comic book stores. 
and try maybe just a little bit to inject some energy into your local comic book shop and get people back in to the comic shops to go through the back issues, go through the back catalogs and sit there and go, oh, look, here's Thor number three or whatever, right? Get some people interested in going to the comic shops so we can save the comic shops. You know, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm really digging this idea. Because not only would it increase our profile, but it would, this would be, this would be fun. I wonder how we could pull it off. We would need money. That, see, it always comes down to that, right? Time, manpower, money. With money, you can get the time and the manpower. Right? Yes, uh, Keely, I don't know, Gary, I wasn't aware that Clobby used to own anything. I knew that Gary did over in in, uh, in California. And Perch had, uh, Perch used to own a comic book shop up in uh, up in the Seattle area. He's down in Texas now. Everybody's going to Texas. I want to go, I want to go back to Texas. I want to go home. Anyway, give us lots of super chats and finance our travel log bookstore tour shelf life or or throw us money on paypal well, as as long as paypal hasn't hasn't restricted us and decided that we're persona non grata give us money now i'm i'm don't 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 feel obligated the other thing that we're going to do the print magazine maybe we'll do a feature that's what we could do. We could do a feature on Uncle Hugo's coming back for the print magazine. I'm going to, let me write that down because I'm going to, I'll forget that. What are going to do with my post-it notes? All right. Now I need a pen. Uncle Hugo feature. That'll remember things. All right. All right. I got things to do. <laughs> Steal a car. Uh, we've got a car and we've got the gear. I mean, it's not like, it's not like we'd be hurting for any kind of equipment or anything. I've got all of the stuff that we need to do this. I've got microphones. I've got lights. I've got cameras. I've got stands and all of that stuff. We just need to get there and then have a place to sh show it. I mean, we could, we could have it on YouTube, but wouldn't it be fun to have a sci-fi for me production on the travel channel? Wouldn't that be fun? The Insane Witch King. Mike Milton's, if you got all the stuff to do, start local and just do it. I may. The Deep in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm going to write all this stuff down. Send me emails. Let me know. Live from the bunker. Southafterme.com. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. We should do this. The more I'm thinking this, the more I'm digging this. Because... Again, not only does it in, not, not only can it involve us. I mean, we could go to Minneapolis and we do a profile on Uncle Hugo's. We can talk to uh, talk to the folks over there at Clint's Comics here in in town, Prospero's Books here in town. We go down to Dallas. There's one in Denton, Texas, which is an hour north of Dallas. We could do that. You know, we've got we've got people in place to do various different shops, but we can involve you guys. 
And in some of these places, if you're close by, you can go do some of the show. Or you can meet us up and, and, and we'll go and you can help us. Wouldn't that be fun? Let me noodle on this a little bit more because I'm starting to really dig this idea. It would cost a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. If you don't start, you're never going to start. See, and that's the story of my life is I come up with all of these ideas and then I, 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 I don't really sabotage myself, but there are times when it's difficult to pull the trigger on something because I don't want to do it halfway, you know? I don't want to do it kind of, sort of. I want to do it right. And there are some, there are, there, you know, the money, the money aside, there are some logistical things. You want to make sure that you, that you do it right. So let me, let me start putting some notes together. I got some, I got some thoughts on this. And, and I'll figure out ways that you guys can can be involved. So try about a decent camera, a decent mic, worry about the other crap later. <laughs> that's, that's how it is sometimes, right? All right. Yeah, we've got. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm liking this idea. I'll let you know. Sign up for our newsletter and our social media stuff. Find us over there. And we will update as things develop on this thing. And we'll see. I don't know. It's It'll be. But yeah, uh, sign up for the newsletter because you never know. We could get kicked off of all the social medias at some point because reasons. Uh, but uh, there is all of the different ways that you can get in touch with us. And uh, we will be back on Friday. Like I said, on Friday, we will have uh, Roy Okupe here to talk about uh, the increase in attention to Afrofuturism and his uh, success with Unique Studios, uh, both the comic book side and uh, and his and the animation deal he just got. On Monday, we kick off the Road to 500 with a special pre-recorded edition. And then on Wednesday, Money Talk uh, here on the 5th with Dan and Matt. So do uh, tune in for that. And a reminder, no Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday. Um, but we will be back to do it all again and we'll have a busy week next week. So, uh, stay connected with us. We'll keep going. If I have my, if I have my math right, episode 500 of this show is December 30th. So we'll see. In the meantime, find all of the other videos, watch the videos, share the videos, comment on the videos, like the videos, and all that good stuff. You guys know what the deal is. And if you have suggestions for topics or bookstores or guests that we should invite, then send us a note live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And we will do this all again on Friday. Remember there are four lights. This has been a presentation of sci-fi for me radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.